the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Woo-wee, that is exactly how you want to send it to the All-Star break. one nothing shutout victory. Exhale. What a game. What a way to end it. My goodness, the bullpen and Wade Miley. You have earned this break and then some. Brewers win the series. They're one game back heading into the second half. We're going to talk about the offense. Don't worry. But the pitching is the story today. A perfect bullpen, nine up and nine down from the three main horses, right? Elvis Piguero gets right back on, gets a pair of strikeouts in a one, two, three, seventh inning after all the drama of yesterday, after the stolen home and, and, and all that. No problem at all. Didn't have a single three-ball count. Then, Yoel Piomps, top of the order. So imperative to get Jonathan India to make sure you don't face Ellie De La Cruz as the go-ahead run that the worst he could do would come up with nobody on base. I believe that's what I asked in game one of this series. Make sure you keep Ellie De La Cruz at bat with the bases empty. That's what they did. Piomps, one, two, three, eight. So Devin Williams... It's been a wacky homestand for him. Some good, some bad. He gets the meat of the order. De La Cruz, Steer, and Vado. And what does he do? Ground out to first. Strike out on nine pitches to Steer. They held him to Ofer for the whole series, did Spencer Steer. They, he had been swinging a hot bat. And then Joey Votto, Ofer three today after having a home run in each of the first two games of the series. Ends it with an airbending changeup. Even threw him a cutter in that at bat, too. The bullpen was awesome. Wade Miley was even better. Six shutout innings, tied a season high with eight strikeouts. The only guy that touched third base was in the first inning. That was after the double from Kevin Newman. He advanced the third on a tag, and then De La Cruz lined out to Terang to end that first inning, and it was smooth sailing from Miley all the way until the the fourth inning allowed a leadoff double, but then had that hidden immaculate inning in there. That was awesome. After leadoff double, he threw nine pitches, nine strikes, all strikeouts to India, De La Cruz, and Steer. And I thought, what a massive moment in the sixth inning. McLean leads off, striking out looking. Jonathan India bloops a single in the right. And if you could have seen me in the press box, I put my head down immediately. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go again. Here's a bloop again. There's a lot of PTSD there. Big hitter coming up, and Ellie De La Cruz, the guy you don't want up. He lines a single right back up the middle. So you got first and second, one out, white hot Spencer Steer coming up. He strikes out on an elevated cutter. Okay. You got two outs. You got Hobie Milner up in the bullpen and the lefty Joey Votto coming up. What does Craig Council decide to do? He decides to roll with Wade Miley, going with the experience, saving the bullets of Wade of uh, Hobie Milner maybe for another opportunity if needed later in the game. But he sticks with Wade Miley. Wade fell behind 2-0 and on Votto but he ends up rolling out to short to end the inning and end Wade Miley's day. What a decision by Council. It worked out. That was gutsy, having faith in Wade, but the story is Wade Miley and company coming through with the eighth shutout of the victory for the Brewers. What a way to win it. Craig Kishon is going to join us in just a little bit. This is going to be more about this game. Okay, We'll have some general first-half thoughts, but 
On Thursday, I've got Brewers Weekly for you. That's where we're going to have our bigger first-half thoughts, second-half expectations trade target show on Thursday night on WTMJ. You can catch it in podcast form on Brewers All Access as well. So this is going to be a little more focused on the game and then a little bit of the first half at large. But uh, what a night. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. This one from Josh in Milwaukee. That might have been the signature pitching performance of the season. Piguero's rebound after yesterday was so clutch. With help on the way from the organization and an opportunity to be buyers before the deadline, I like our chances to win the division. Thanks that text there. Josh, Aaron in Illinois, what a great game in series. Never thought one run would hold up, but white knuckles are exciting. If you guys, as in myself and Craig, had to pick three MVPs for the Brewers' first half, obviously Aaron's picks are Yelly and Devin are one and two. Who's number three? Aaron's going to go with Yoel Piams. Three up, three down. What a fantastic first half he's had. He should be headed to Seattle. Appreciate the text there, Aaron. We will get to that when Craig joins us once his television duties are finished. Another text from the 917 area code. What will the Brewers do to upgrade first base and DH in the second half? We can briefly touch on that. You know, the, the trade deadline is not until August 1st, so you've got a few weeks' time to figure things out. you got the MLB draft tonight, so there's going to be new blood in the organization and new excitement. And, you know, it, it's the busiest time of year for front offices, not just because of the trade deadline, but because of the, uh, the draft moving up. I wonder if we're, I mean, we saw it a couple years ago. I wonder now that the date has moved up. We're going to see guys that are literally just drafted be traded for, given you know the competitive nature of only 20 rounds now as opposed to 40 in the past. And, and still, not all 20 are going to sign, but more likely are they to sign. And you wonder if those first you know, few rounds, if somebody really wanted the guy and they missed out, if they could be somebody traded for uh, coming up here at the end of the month. So well, there's a lot of ways to get to it. We'll address that with Craig once he joins us on the program as well. A few odds and ends. From this one, I tweeted this at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. A couple odds and ends in this one. It was the fastest game in Miller Park American Family Field history. Two hours and four minutes. Love that, especially since we had three-hour games the last two days in a wacky series uh, against the Cubs to the first half of this homestand. It's the second one to nothing win this season. The other one was also started by Wade Miley. It was back on April 16th in San Diego. So there, there's a, another feather in the cap for Wade. Third time in the last three years, the Brewers' bullpen went nine up and nine down at least, at least having three or more perfect innings. Right, Third time they've done that uh, in the last three years since the 2020 season. So really, really impressive stuff today from Piomps, Piguero, Williams, Miley, six shutout frames, a quality start, and then some for him. What a day. What a day. This was a lot of fun to enjoy. Uh, Devin Williams was electric. They held Ellie De La Cruz in check. Now, some other odds and ends in this one. The Brewers went just 5 for 28 with runners in scoring position during this series. That's a 178 batting average. And yet, they still won the series. Remember, they went 3 for 15 on night one. They went 1 for 8 today twice ending innings with bases loaded double plays. So that's your first area of, of uh, improvement here coming up in the second half. I requested to get more at-bats with runners in scoring position. They have done that. Now the only way to continue to poo, to figure out how to hit with runners in scoring position is just to simply execute and get the job done. 
But if it was that easy, everybody would be hitting 400 with runners in scoring position. You know, it's it's an anomaly. It's odd, but the point is, the way my main takeaway from this series, the Brewers number one did not play their best, and they still won the series, and they could have won all three games. Number two. Their pitching is getting healthier with Brandon Woodruff throwing another bullpen earlier today, so he's on the way back. And number three, when the A bullpen is on and rested and has time to execute, they are one of the best, if not the best, in the National League. They have been the MVPs of this team, given they were maybe the biggest question mark of this team coming out of spring training. Those are my three main takeaways from this series, this homestand. And one more crazy note. Remember on uh, July 3rd, the opener of this homestand against the Cubs? We got to be introduced to Jemai Jones on that clutch RBI double with the bases loaded to give the Brewers the the lead. Well, the Brewers, that was their only hit with the bases loaded during this homestand. They went one for seven with the bases loaded this homestand. They had a sack fly as well. But the only hit with the bases loaded was Jemai Jones rocketing the double into center field against the Cubs back on Monday. So runners in scoring position is the most obvious area of improvement for the crew, trying to get the job done in those scenarios. We're going to have reaction from Craig Council. We're going to hear some highlights, even though it was just a one nothing game. We're going to hear more from you. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here on the program, I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value. Only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Just getting rolling on the program. Brewers win one nothing. They win the series against the Reds. They close the first half in grand, fun fashion at 49-42, and 42, one game back in the NL Central. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. What a game. What a weekend. What a whole week of baseball. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for as a baseball fan, man. You just got treated to some epic baseball for seven straight days with some rocking environments. Over 30,000, I think, in just about every game this week, too. So shout out to Milwaukee and a little bit of Chicago for showing out here this week. That was a lot of fun uh, to close out the first half. Brewers win one to nothing today. Seven hits was all they needed. They also played flawless defense despite the offense not getting much more. Uh, Let's get to the phone lines, though. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Mark in Milwaukee, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, good afternoon, man. Uh, Say, you know, I was going to be talking about, uh, and that's the reason I called and you started talking about it just before the break, um, not scoring runs when you got bases loaded. And I'll tell you what, that drives me crazy because they don't do anything but beat that ball into the ground. You've got to try a sacrifice now and then. In a one to nothing game, especially towards the end, man, and then you put your best defense in there. You should have Roddy Telez at first. I know he ain't hitting, but, boy, he can feel. You need to have that defense. They used to do that years ago. Defensive players you put in at the end of the game. Can you comment well, on would... that and tell me if I was right or wrong? 
Well, first of all, Rowdy's on the injured list right now. So Rowdy is, is injured, so he's out. He can't play first base. Owen Miller is there on the time being. They expect it to be a minimum stay for Rowdy. He should be back uh, likely game two of the second half. That is when his 10 days are up on the injured list. So that's the first thing. I had a couple folks ask why wasn't Rowdy, and he's been hurt in case you missed it from this past week. Uh, second, I hope you don't mean sacrifice bunting with the bases loaded because there was one out, and with a force out at the plate, you just get the out there. You're not going to bunt. Uh, the Brewers didn't strike out in any of those moments with the bases loaded. It stings more because you're like, wait, I'd, I'd almost rather them strike out because they bounce into a double play, right? It, it, it's it's frustration for sure. And I, I think that when it comes to bases loaded and it comes to these run scoring situations, the only way is through. Right, and the only way you're going to get better in these situations is to do it and to execute in those situations. They haven't done it, and I, I don't agree with the bunt there. They were trying to elevate the ball. I mean, Blake Perkins nearly got one out, but there was two outs there when he first came off the bench in that opportunity. Uh, the big broken bat ground out uh, was huge, and then Yelly grounding into a double play in the seventh inning was was really frustrating for him. I know because he did the same thing yesterday. I mean, you could see him slam the helmet down. It's wearing on these guys, too, and they wanted to get some run support to get some breathing room for their gassed bullpen. But sometimes, if you don't got hitting, you better have some pitching, and the Brewers had certainly plenty of that today. Appreciate the call there, Mike. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Uh, another text asking about the draft being previously held in June. What do you mean by moved up? I mean, moved up as in later in the calendar. I guess I misspoke there. The changes in the last couple of years because instead of 40 rounds, it's now 20 rounds. So there's even more of a premium. There's different signing bonus uh, rules now this year. There's a harder cap. There's different penalties for going over the signing bonus and going over slot and things of that nature. Uh, the point is now baseball is trying to make the draft an event and trying to make it the premier way to acquire players and make it something to look forward to every year. And teams are going to miss on players that they want to get. And you got to wonder if they're going to try to acquire players at the deadline, teams that are out of it, when they have pieces to send, they ask for relatively new draft picks given how close things are to the draft. Now, we've seen this for years, but I, I think that now it's such a bigger premium with fewer picks, harder bit bonuses, and things of, like that. That's why... I think the draft could be very exciting. It's tonight, the first two rounds. Brewers will have three picks this evening. Uh, a text here from Ricky in Honey Creek. Great win for the Brewers. Brewers need huge upgrade at first base. Upgrade the DH. Add Tyler O'Neill. I'll address that in a second. Add to the starting pitching rotation. Rotation like Burns, Woodruff, Giolito, Peralta, Miley. One game back for the division in the final wild card spot. Ricky, on the Tyler O'Neill thing, I don't know where he's going to play. I know you may think he could be a DH, but he still can run. He can't play. He is injury-prone. I don't see the Cardinals trading him within the division. I saw that report that everybody saw that says, oh, Tyler O'Neill has been linked to the to the Brewers. Quite frankly, this time of year, if it's not coming from Ken Rosenthal or John Heyman or you know guys that are actually in it or J.P. Morosi or guys like Todd Rosiak, uh, guys like Adam McCalvey, I'm not believing it, man. I'm sorry. If it's coming from the, the fan networks, I'm not believing it because they're just attributing from the actual reporters doing their job. So I'm not believing it. I'll believe it when I see it when Tyler O'Neill. I'm very comfortable in saying I do not see Tyler O'Neill on this team. Plus, he's arbitration eligible next year, so you would have him uh, for two seasons under under control. And mind you, you've still got Garrett Mitchell coming back. You
you've got Sal Freelich in the organization. Uh, you've got Jackson Churio on the way. There'd be no, it'd make no sense to add an outfielder right now. And I know you think he may be DH. That'd be undervaluing him because of his speed and because of his ability. Now we welcome in Craig Kishon here on the program. Have you have you caught your breath yet? Because this was. This was a game of all games, man. This is going to be one of those that you circle at the end of the year and be like, holy cow, what a game and what a win for the Brewers against this Reds offense. I I really kind of thought about this, Dom, as we talked about it yesterday on on our show about how I thought the air kind of went, went out of the bubble on this team when De La Cruz circled around the bases yesterday and, and then ended up stealing home. Uh, and afterwards, Craig Council said uh, it's on the guys on the field as much as it is with us in the dugout. Uh, we're all at fault for what happened in that one. I just saw a team that came out uh, very determined to make sure they played uh, almost as perfect as a game as they possibly could. Now, was there a lot of offense? No, but there was just enough here in this one. It was delivered on a, a two-out clutch hit in the first inning. Then the pitching was superb after that. Maybe the pitchers took it upon themselves with Piguero still out there, chance of redemption. I, I just love a lot of storylines that uh, come about in a game like this, and that's that's also the beauty of this sport, unlike really any other. So this was uh, this was a lot of fun, to be sure. I mean, the, the ballpark was rocking. You got the main guys you want up and the main guys you want on the mound. Yeah, it wasn't perfect offensively, but it was gosh darn near perfect defensively and on the pitching side of things. There were a few plays in this game. I mean, the double play turn by Brian Anderson was huge. The great running catch by Joey Weimer in right center field I pointed out on this uh, on my scorecard today as well. Uh, I look at the uh, – let's see what else here. I've got the great play to end the sixth inning with Willie Adamas moving to his left to get Votto. There was just so much good to draw from this game. I don't want to – Harp on the fact that they were just one for eight with runners in scoring position, and the one being uh, Jesse Winker's RBI single in the first inning with two outs. So they started the game one for three and finished it 0 for five. I mean, if this is your first time watching Brewers baseball this year, I'm sorry, but this is what's been happening a lot for the last few weeks. And I was saying earlier before you joined, Craig, the only way is through. That's the only way you're going to get out of a, a funk with runners in scoring position, continue to give yourself opportunities and try to make it contagious on the right side of things, not the negative side of things. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of uh, what the storyline has been like with this team. I, I don't remember exactly what the numbers are, but over the last nine games, they've been scoring a lot of runs, um, you know, at, a, at one of the highest rate in, in baseball per game here right now. I think it's just under six per game. But yet, when you look at their record during that that stretch, they're they're five and four in those nine games. So that to me kind of tells you where where this team has been playing and how it's been playing after that really hot start in the month of April. I don't know if they've cooled down or just settled into who they are here right now. But I know this much: they're only a game out of first heading into the All Star game, and there's what seventy one games left or so. Uh, in the season when we return to play on Friday. And they're as much a contender as, as anybody, not only for their division, but in their league, because we, we just don't know how this team is going to shape up. Um, changes made, perhaps. Uh, uh, big streaks going, who knows? I mean, there's a lot left on the table for how we know teams finish strong in this game. And, and the Brewers certainly are, are as good as in a shape as anybody, I think, right now. 
They, they are in very, very good shape. The uh, the texter that I was t- uh, that joined in, Ricky, right as you came on the show, uh, assuming the Brewers are going to acquire Lucas Giolito, adding starting. Uh, but I mean, you've got a lot of starting pitching right now. You've got Burns, you've got Woodruff, you've got Peralta, you've got Miley. You've got four guys right there that you would trust. I mean, shoot, Wade Miley has arguably been the most consistent pitcher on the Brewers this year. And not to ignore the fact you've got guys that could give you length in Julio Tehran and eat up innings like Colin Ray and maybe have somebody make a spot start from the minors like a Jason Alexander or a Robert Gasser, things like that. I mean, the, the the starting pitching depth is pretty good. I wouldn't mind another lefty in the bullpen, but obviously folks are going to continue to look at first base and DH for improvements to this team. We can jump into that a little bit. We're going to get into our difference-making moment of the game as well, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. We're with you till about 445 here this afternoon. want to remind you and thank Hupe and Abraham for their support of Brewers Extra Innings. For every double play the Milwaukee Brewers turn this season, Hupe and Abraham will donate $100 defeating America Eastern Wisconsin. And remember, if you're injured or in an accident, call Hupe and Abraham. Winner, it's free, guaranteed. The winning team, Hupe and Abraham, H-U-P-Y dot com. More with Craig in a moment and your text and calls, 855-616-1620. Uh, we'll get to you on the line here in just a moment after the break. We're up against it. Stay with us, Felipe. This is Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Welcome back. Dom Catronio, Craig Kishan with you till 445 this afternoon. One nothing the victory today. Want to get to the phone lines right off the bat. Felipe in present in Pleasant Prairie. You're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, how's it going? Uh, great win today. Uh, love to see that, especially going into the All-Star break. Wade Miley did an awesome job. I really, uh, this, 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 you know, I called in today. Just the aggressiveness, I would say, for the first half of this season was a little bit, you know, just reserved on Craig Council. And I'll give you an example. We just talked about, you know, bunting in certain situations. Um, one, I think when they come up from AAA, why don't, why, you know, are they just not teaching it down there? And then two, when you got runners on first and third, how is Yelich not taking a pitch right there to let uh, arguably our fastest guy get to second base, which ultimately led into a double play? Mm-hmm. I understand that. I, I can I can see the 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 thought of trying to get Weimer to steal first to second there with Yelly, but I, I do remind you, uh, Weimer got thrown out yesterday on a bad jump. And there's always factors like the catcher's pop time. Tyler Stevenson is known as a defensive catcher. He has a cannon for an arm. He was a top prospect for a very long time. Uh, I don't disagree on the bunting though. And Craig, I can bring you in here on this. This team, and you've seen it for a long time. It's an organizational thing. They're not a fan of bunting, and there's the advanced movement of saying, look, why would we ever give away an out? There is such a precious, finite amount of outs in a game. Why would we give one away? But the counter is, if it's if you're going to produce a run, why not give it a shot? At the same time, though, this team is is not striking out. They're putting the ball in play. They're just not putting it in the right spots right now. I wonder if... Just breaking the mold out of nowhere, a guy like Bryce dropping down a bunt would be a, a fun thing to watch. And uh, I, I'm never going to ask Joey Weimer to drop down a bunt. I'm not going to ask Christian Yelich as hot as he is to drop down a bunt. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, the bunt has definitely gone away from the game of baseball. And w- whether you like that or not, and, and there's there are a lot of, you know, purists, if you will, that just kind of grew up with it. You know, we've talked about that before, and, and I understand that. You know, I've, I've been around a long time, too. I, I appreciate uh, the quote-unquote small ball and, and whatnot. But um, we're not all uh, in on how these – organizations decide to develop how they play a certain style and things have changed with a lot of players once they reach the major leagues too i mean we've seen uh pitchers not want to uh make certain pitches pitchers who don't want to uh come in in certain situations um that type of thing and that has changed the game as well so uh, there there to me there are a lot of variants I, i will say this though i think that the brewers played more true um, intentional small ball in the first month of the season than what we have seen in May, June, and now into July. I think, in all honesty, that had to do with some of their success early on and getting you know guys on base, moving moving them over, uh, getting you know some sack flies, that type of thing, infield groundouts for RBIs, um, and I think we're kind of all clamoring for that right now because. What have we seen in the last you know, couple of weeks? This team is getting on base more, and we want to see those guys uh, go station to station at the very least to put themselves in a spot to score. So um, there's a little give and take. I get it. I don't have a clear-cut answer uh, on what you know that, that question is either. Are they teaching it in the minors? Why are they abandoning it in the majors? I'm not sure that's the whole thing, but um, there still is part of that game left. It's just – guys got to be capable of doing it yeah it's a time and place and i want to remind folks to always keep an eye on that third baseman they know the 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 candidates that are to bunt and they you know the other team isn't stupid (laughs) they know what another team might think about bunting they'll bring in the third baseman they'll bring in a first baseman it's the game's very smart these days you always got to try to outsmart each other but i think it's a fair question from felipe about the base running aggressiveness but the other thing if you want to if you're playing to avoid a double play don't hit into a double play, right? I mean, you saw Yelly's frustration as he ran up the line. I mean, I, the double plays were frustrating this whole week. Just, I mean, bases loaded or the corners or anything like that. Elevate the ball. The Brewers had trouble elevating the ball against the, the really good cutter of Derek Law. I tip my cap to him. But we're, we're splitting hairs on a day the Brewers won one nothing, and we've already talked about the fact that they need to improve the runners in scoring position to be taken seriously for the rest of the year in this division because – as I said earlier, Craig, I really feel like the Brewers, they played well, but they didn't play their best, and they still beat the team they're chasing. And let's be honest, the team they're chasing, this is kind of the team they are, right? They're not going to have a lot of starting pitching. Ben Lively pitched very well today. Unless they acquire something starting pitching-wise, they don't have anything really walking through the door there. Furthermore, their bullpen's been good, and their offense always keeps them in games, but a game like today, you can always neutralize some great offense and they don't have an answer for you. I, I really think the Brewers learned a lot about themselves in this week, but it's, it really matters next week when you go to Cincinnati out of the break. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, the other thing, Dom, too, is, you know, they're right in the middle of this 13-game stretch of playing division opponents. And I don't think the Brewers wanted to split that four-game series with the Cubs uh, earlier this week at home, but that was the case. I guess at least they didn't lose that series and to, to bounce back and take two out of three, you know, against Cincinnati. And, and every game that we saw in this last three game series, 
you know, completely different. I don't think anybody saw this one nothing game uh, coming. And, you know, this Cincinnati team has been playing so good since the Brewers left Cincinnati after the first few days of June when they made their, their roster adjustments. Um, this was only the second time this team has been shut out in the last month. And, and they lose it here one nothing today. So um, of all the things we're talking about with, with Milwaukee, uh, we do know one thing. Um, they're starting to hit better. They're starting to score more runs. And they're more than capable of winning these types of games, these low-scoring one-run games. They're more than capable of doing it. They've been in a lot this year, and they have a winning record doing it as well. So uh, the mixed bag, not so bad. It's really, again, splitting hairs that I do not have. Uh, Craig, I want to get to our difference. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm laughing with you on that. that one, Dom. <laughs> hey, you got to make fun of yourself sometimes, right? Face for radio, as they say. Uh, let's get to our difference-making moment of the game, brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches or financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you you are and what you need at NXWealth.com. Craig, for the last time in the first half, what was your difference-making moment of the game? Well, I think we had one almost from every inning of this game, uh, but that's the classic of a one nothing game. Uh, to me, what, what stood out maybe above others because it had some great emotion to it after it was all said and done was that top of the fourth inning after Miley gave up that uh, leadoff double to McLean. Uh, had Milwaukee already had their one nothing lead at that point. And then he elevates and does high cheese action against India, De La Cruz, and Steer and uh, strikes out the next three and does, I mean, to me, that, that was uh, kind of an emotional turning point uh, in a one nothing game. I, I just think there are times where you, you need to pinpoint things like that. And uh, Wade Miley showed a lot of emotion heading into the dugout after that one. So that's going to be my uh, my difference maker. I love it. I'm going to go a little different direction with it today, as I usually do. I'm going to go bottom of the eighth. I, I, I thought for both teams this was an extremely, extremely well-managed game. Craig Council and David Bell deserve kudos for how well they put their team in a position to succeed today, but obviously only one can win. I thought the intentional walk of Owen Miller was genius. I, I mean, with Blake Perkins coming up, maybe you could argue, all right, we'll bring in Jemai, even though it's right on right, and Perkins is a, le- is a switch hitter. Uh, you could put Jemai in right field, but then you lose the defense of Perkins and all that stuff. But I, I thought that was such a great move for two reasons, because one, obviously the double play as the inning turned out to be, but for two, Owen continues to be a guy that puts bat to ball and a base hit there. I mean, who's more likely to get a base hit there, Owen Miller or Blake Perkins? And it's Owen Miller. And it was just a play that obviously set up the double play, but never gave Owen the opportunity because he is actually over with the bases loaded this year. And that was obviously a runners in second and third situation. But for Miller, he's going to put bat the ball. He had a couple of good at-bats already in the game. I just thought it was a, a huge moment. And obviously the Brewers didn't get any insurance in this one. Yeah, I agree with you that uh, both managers. It, I'm telling you, between between David Bell and Craig Council, these these games this year have been fun 
to watch just from a strategy standpoint. Um, and this was one that was uh, the strategy didn't involve uh, a pitching change, which so many of them do, right? Uh, this one was deciding to walk a hot hitter and and making a guy who doesn't have a lot of major league experience, you know, try to add on in the eighth inning. And uh, a, another great pick for sure, Dom. I'm, I'm digging that one and looking forward to more of these matchups between these two managers. Well, we get to do it again on Friday. I mean, why, why yeah. wait too long? We get to do it again why more wait? times on, <laughs> in Cincinnati, and then they're coming right back here in two weeks, and then you're already done with them. So uh, pretty weird scheduling, but we uh, are going to get to enjoy some all-star break baseball. Craig Kishan, you have done above and beyond, my friend, this first half. I hope you enjoy a little bit of downtime. Drive safe, drive fast back home, and uh, we'll hear from you on the other side of the break. Well, you have a great break, too, and uh, uh, can't wait for all the Brewer fans to get back on board with us on Friday. All right. Should be a lot of fun out in Cincinnati. Craig Kishon on the program. We'll get to who's hot and Craig Council a little bit later. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, A few more texts have rolled in here on the program. I'm Dom Catronio with you for another 20 minutes or so here this afternoon. The Brewers seem to play up or down to the competition. They play good against the good teams, bad against the bad teams, or break even. That needs to change. I don't disagree from this texture in the 262. We've seen that a few times. I, I point to that twin series. The Brewers had a chance to win. Both of those games, and they get swept, and that was the the bottom of the barrel after getting swept by the A's, right? They've been on the up and up since, and they've been playing a lot better. And how about this final 17-game stretch of the first half, right, without an off day? They went 11-6 and over that stretch. Pretty darn good, with 10 of those on the road. It was a 7-3 and road trip, and then a winning homestand going 4-3. and So and they could have and maybe should have won all four games against the Cubs, and maybe they could have, I won't say they should have, won yesterday against the Reds, but the point is they went 4-3 and in the homestand, they gained a game on the Reds, they're trending in the right direction, and we know what this team needs. It needs some more offense, and you've got three weeks' time to figure out what you're going to add to this team. A little more than three weeks' time to figure out what you're going to add to this team to make them a legitimate pennant contender. And sometimes it costs a pretty penny, and that's called a prospect or a player that you like, but prospects are cool, championships are cooler, pennants are cooler, that kind of thing. You've heard that phrase, so we'll see who will be open for business over these next few weeks. Uh, a text from Mike in Colorado as well. Good win. Dis- disappointed about the lack of runs with runners in scoring position. Have a good all-star break off. Much appreciated, Mike. Thanks for always listening in and texting in on the program. Let's get to quickly to, to Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electricals. Who's hot? As trust in your family's comfort at home this summer with Cider. And don't wait till it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. Schedule your appointment today at Cider. That's S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical families helping families since 1912. Well, we already gave one uh, award to to Willie, but a texter earlier asking, who are my three MVPs? Uh, I would definitely give my third to Yoel Piomps as well because Piomps shut out inning, two strikeouts. His ERA is 1.91. Here's somebody that the Brewers kind of got as a sweetener in that trade in the William Contreras deal and Este Ruiz and receiving Yoel Piomps and 
uh, and Justin Yeager, who's a minor league prospect in the Brewers organization right now. In the month of July, five innings, six strikeouts, just one base runner, and two saves for Yoel Piomps. He has been absolutely electric with those uh, sinkers and the fastballs that he has been throwing and mixing in today. The slider's been dominant at times, too. He has not allowed uh, an earned run since June 8th against Baltimore when he allowed a home run in back-to-back games that he had appeared in. He allowed an unearned run in extra innings against the Oakland A's, and since then it's been nothing from zeros from Piomps. He's an easy pick for who's hot right now. Uh, Another text asking uh, about, you know, what do you do with DH? What do you try to figure out? With first base, and I'll address it again, we're going to have a bigger, more centralized show to expectations, goals, and what you're looking for on Thursday night with Brewers Weekly. That'll be available in podcast form as well on Brewers All Access. But, I mean, the first name that comes to mind to me would be somebody that would be available. And It depends if he's healthy, though, of course, is C.J. Crone with the Rockies. Uh, I, I, he had back spasms earlier in the year. I know he's working his way back right now. I don't know how healthy he is right now. He's a right-handed hitter. He plays first base. He could really fit into the platoon well. You obviously have Keston Hira continuing to hit down in Nashville, but he's been playing a lot of outfield, actually, down in Nashville. He can play first base, but you're going to sacrifice a lot of defense there at first base. Maybe you'll then bring in Rowdy Telez for defensive substitutions later in the game and get that prime defense once he's healthy and good to go later in the year. DH could be Keston Hira, depending on what they decide to do with Jesse Winker. I'm happy for Jesse getting an RBI single today, but you know he's your designated hitter, and the job is to hit, and the Brewers have a full half of a lack thereof of production from him. He knows it, and I, I this is where it's hard to be in the front office, right? When do you pull the plug on a guy that you thought was going to really help your team win, and you're still one game out of a playoff spot right now, when do you decide to do that with Jesse Winker? Who knows? Uh, it's it's not my call, but we'll talk more about that kind of thing on Thursday. Up next, we're going to hear from the skipper, Craig Council, after this fun win, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Here comes Craig after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. All right, I still haven't caught my breath from a one nothing victory. What a thrilling one today at the ballpark. I wonder how Craig Council feels about that, sending him into his all-star break. And also, a shutout, eighth one of the year. Always got to give kudos to the catcher, William Contreras. Feel bad it's taken that long to give William Contreras great, great job for him today. And that's how Craig Council opens up his press conference today. Here's what he had to say to the media after today's one nothing win. Really great pitching today. Um, really great job by William Contreras today. I thought, um, you know, just just I thought he read swings well and worked great. I thought he did a great job with Devin there that sequence in the last uh, last inning. So we pitched very well, and the guys that have the guys that have you know four guys who have had really good first halves for us and pitched really well for us in the first half, um, you know, kept them to zero. Talk about defense pregame. I mean, Weimer made that catch look easy in the, the tough pop and Anderson double play. What you think today? Yeah, I mean, any anytime Wade pitches, the third baseman's gonna gonna get some action for sure. And um, you know, Brian did made a couple nice plays, big double play. Um, Joey made a nice play. Bryce made a nice play, running, um, charging a ball. So um, good defensive day for sure, and that that plays into the shutout. With the uh, the one inning where he issued the three walks aside, was that about as good as you can remember Wade since probably that San Diego game back in April? Uh, 
Cleveland, he was pretty good too. I yeah, I mean, I you know, I think Wade's had a really nice. He's he's been a huge guy for us, um, but. You know, he, he did a night he did a great job. It's a good lineup. It's a lineup that scored a lot of runs. Um, and, and to keep him at a zero is is impressive. Two off four, I think uh, ties the fastest game in Miller Park and Fanfield history. Any any thoughts on the Well the guy's got plans. Craig <laughs> <laughs> offensively it was a quiet day of course. Um, a lot of opportunities. Just yeah. Couldn't really cash any in. Uh, you know, get those insurance. Yeah. I mean, the the series we we didn't cash in enough opportunities. This series, no question about it. We left we left too many opportunities out there. Um, you know, but uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, if you look at the last three three weeks of of offense, I think we've swung the bats really well and we've created pressure a lot more. So, um, you know. It's never going to be perfect. We're always going to have something to try to be a little better at. And um, but um, you know they they pitched well. I thought lively. I thought lively pitched very well today. He was he was good today. Um, and their bullpens their bullpen solid. We just we had some opportunities. Just you know especially in the especially in the eighth there that that we need to cash in. With where you guys are now in the standings going into this break, what does this week kind of mean for you guys to reset and start that that second half? Yeah, I mean, for the for the players, it's just important, uh, just a mental break. I think that's that's the biggest thing, you know. On bullpen wise, the physical break is is important, but a mental break for everybody in this this is you know, baseball seasons are a grind, and we play a lot of games, and so um, it's it's important to to take that mental break and get refreshed. Um, there, there's a big series coming out of the gate, and and uh, we'll be ready to go Friday. Tell you what, I mean, it, it isn't. You got to get right back on the horse because you get Reds next weekend, Phillies midweek. You come back home for the Braves, the best team in baseball. Then you have the Reds here again. Then you go to Atlanta, and then you finally get a breather with the Washington Nationals after you see Atlanta. So you're going to come right out of the gate swinging and figure out who you are shortly before the trade deadline uh, if you're for real or if you're pretender. So it's not getting any easier out of the break. You need this refresher to get things going in the second half. Uh, so that was what Craig Council had to say about today's one nothing victory. And uh, by the way, for William Contreras, just looked it up, getting the shutout today behind the plate. That's already the fifth time he's been behind the plate for five of the eight shutouts, him and Caratini working together. His last shutout was May 24th against the Houston Astros. So it's been a minute for him, uh, a little more than a month. So congrats to William for getting the shutout behind the plate. Fun one today. He also was behind the plate for that Wade Miley one nothing shutout in San Diego. So those two have been working together very, very well this season. How about some highlights? That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Oh, it's former Red Wade Miley getting the ball against the rookie Ben Lively. And this one got out to a fast start. Both teams with leadoff doubles. Christian Yelich really even louder. From the windup, coming back to left and deep. It will be a ground rule double for Christian Yelich. 
He quietly finishes the first half at a 284 average, a 378 on base, a 456 slugging, and 834 OPS. That dude has had himself a great first half. However, with two outs, he still had a move from second. Here comes Jesse Wing. And the pitch. Swing and a base hit to center. And Christian Yelts will score first run in this game. The Brewers 34-14 and 14 coming into today when scoring first. Little did we know that would be the only run. As the game went on, great pitching from Wade Miley. At one point, he struck out three consecutive batters in the fourth inning on nine pitches, a hidden immaculate inning because, well, the inning began with a double, but he got some help from his defense. How about a great play in center field by Joey Weimer? Line drive right center. Weimer on the run, and he catches up to it and takes an extra base hit away from Kevin Newman. Boy, he flies out there in center field. Great play by Joey Weimer as the Reds go three up and three down in the top of the third inning. And how about his fellow freshman, Bryce Terang, later in the game with the bullpen in it with uh, Elvis Peguero on the mound. One-two pitch. Little chopper. It's over Peguero's head. Terang charging, fielding, throwing in time. Such a high degree of difficulty on that play from Bryce Terang. Jeff Levering's call. So Wade Miley goes six shutout innings with eight strikeouts, tied a season high. Piguero had a scoreless seventh with a pair of Ks. Yoel Pylomps had a scoreless eighth with a pair of Ks, and it was all up to Devin Williams in the top of the ninth inning. Finish things up with Joey Votto. Devin all set, the pitch. What a call, excitement from Bob Euchre as the Brewers get the win 1-0. Yes, they were one for eight with runners in scoring position, but the column says W. That's all that matters in this one. Just win, baby. 1-0 the final today. We'll wrap up the program after this. I'm on top of the world. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Last few minutes here, Brewers win 1-0. Enjoy the All-Star break, everybody. Four straight days off. Tomorrow night, Home Run Derby will start at 7 o'clock Central Time from T-Mobile Park. No Brewers representatives, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball, but should be always an entertaining uh, battle out there between the best sluggers in the game. All-Star game is at 7 o'clock on Fox. It's the 93rd annual All-Star game presented by MasterCard. The NL and the AL on Tuesday. Everybody's off on Wednesday, and then the Brewers are off on Thursday. They get back to work in Cincinnati on Friday night. It's uh, two night games, Friday night and Saturday night. 6-10 first pitch for both of them in uh, Central Time. Our coverage will begin at 5.35 on Friday to set up the second half. So three against the Reds, then another off day on Monday, three against the Phillies, and they come back home uh, in about two weeks' time against the Braves and the Reds. That'll be a big uh, gut-check series. Then you go back to Atlanta and then finally finish with the Nationals at the end of the month, and then it's trade deadline time. So 
Hope to hear from you then. Also, again, Thursday, the 13th, 8 o'clock Central Time. I will be live on WTMJ with our review of the first half and our preview of the second half. We'll be looking ahead finding some trade targets, talking about first base, DH, prospects, reacting to the draft as well. All that is starting tonight, the draft. The Brewers have three picks this evening, so you can tune in on MLB Network for that one live from Seattle. Uh, This was fun. Honestly, I just want to take a moment. First half down, second half to go, 91 games in the books, man. This is uh, really, really fun to do this as my job, and it's... uh, really great because of people like you who listen. So thank you to everybody who's uh, stuck with it all year long. And if you're sick of my positivity, oh, just wait, man. I am a patient, patient person. So we are being optimists. We are looking forward. No sense in looking back, right? So the Brewers are going to have one heck of a second half. There's room on the bandwagon, I promise. I feel like something's brewing with this team. Pun absolutely intended. My thanks to Craig Kishon for joining us as always. And to our producer, Evan Wittallison. I'm Dom Catronio. Have a happy and safe All-Star break, everybody. We'll holler at you next weekend. Keep on swinging.